0: Hello and welcome to the super fun happy hour, making happy hour seem busily ironic since 2009. Um, I'm Tom.
1: And I'm James.
0: And um, this week we'll be discussing all things television and film and anything else that catches our attention in the media. Um, This week we want to talk Lost, Um, that's back and we're all very happy about that. The Simpsons, obviously, and I'm going to be doing my film reviews, along with a few other general points, I suppose.
1: Yes, we are. I'm quite excited for this episode. It's been, a, it's been a long time as well.
0: No, it has. Um, it's been, we've been quite bel- um, berated with... Um, well, I've had exams and we've had some technical issues along the way as well.
1: Yeah, but this is the first time we've managed to sit down and record it. And and everything's so going alright, so... We hope you enjoy. It. Me too. Um, firstly, I'd like to start off with talking about Christian Bale. Yes, and the infamous bailout <laughs> remix, which used to have hit the internet recently,
0: I've got that on my iPod
1: right now. I've got it on my phone. It was my <laughs> ringtone, but it's now my alarm ringtone. So every time I get up in the morning, I hear this, Do you want to trash your stage? Just to trash your stage And this. Brilliant. <laughs> um God, God bless him.
0: Yeah, um, I've listened to his apology as well, and I'm I, I, I'm convinced. I like him.
1: Well, I did. I. I not so for him, but I've been on his side ever since I heard it, because I'd get a bit annoyed if someone kept coming onto my set while I was trying to shoot a scene. Mm. I mean, it's the same thing if you were like a mechanic and some idiot came along and started messing with your tools. You'd get pretty pissed off with it, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no dancing around it. Christian Bell has been known to be a bit of a hothead anyway. Yeah. So maybe he shouldn't have reacted in the way that he did too much, but it's understandable-ish. The problem I have, in fact, the one thing that sort of made me laugh about all this was um, the fact that apparently he was filming a very emotional scene at the time. And when... You, well, the thing is, this is Terminator 4. And, you know, even that at the height of emotion probably didn't deserve that kind of, you know, rant by Christian Bale. I'm not sure just how emotional a scene in Terminator 4 can be.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um I mean, I don't remember any sort of emotional scenes in the second one, <laughs> and I sort of was too bored to pay attention in the third one. So,
0: as a film critic, I'm ashamed to say I actually haven't seen any of the three Terminator oh, films. It,
1: uh, the, well, you know, you get those defining films which you must see. Yes, I think Terminator Two. Yeah, ha- everyone has to see, but you have to watch the original Terminator to get it. But no, ter- I've,
0: heard, I've heard terrific things, but um, it's it's on my it's on my um, Generic film rental service. Love film. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, you know, I've I've been used to listening to radio, so I know they can't name brands occasionally.
1: <laughs> it's, they're not going to send us any DVDs, so you know.
0: Yeah, unless we pay for
1: it. Mm. What are they going to do? Sue us for mentioning on the internet?
0: <laughs> okay. That, okay, that's fair enough. Fine. Um, so yeah, um, they'll be put on my love film list as soon as possible.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Um... So, God bless Christian Bale, because he's actually, um, I think, it's one thing I love about the internet. You get something quite serious like that, and someone's just don't a techno beat over it, and it's become hilarious and bring <laughs> brought joy to everyone around. <coughs> so,
0: to be fair, it was very, very well mixed.
1: It was. It's fantastic. There's a couple more on YouTube which just don't compare to that one. It was, no, it's absolutely fantastic. And I've been using the phrase... Me and you are done professionally.
0: Oh, no, same here. I've, said
1: that. <laughs> I've been using just... that a lot.
0: Um, so, yeah, that's um, anyone who wants a bit of fun. Um, go on to YouTube and just type in Bail Out. I'm sure it'll be the first one out there.
1: If not, I will provide a link for you in the um, in the blog, so you'll be able to go on that and uh, have a look for you.
0: Very, very kind of you, James. Yes. Right, right. shall we get on to Lost?
1: I think we should move on to Lost. <laughs> guys where are we I know I know James
0: is very excited about this
1: I am excited but I don't feel I have the right to be excited because I've only been watching this show for about four months
0: well as a Long-term, wa- in fact, you know, a veteran watcher, you could say. Um, I- I'm going to welcome you to the club, James.
1: Thank you very much. Thank and you very go-
0: much.
1: I've um, um, I've just started to go through the seasons again on my second run. <laughs> missing see if I've missed anything up, but um, I'm very much enjoying it. I'm not used to the gaps between the episodes because I'm just used to thinking, "All right, let's watch the next episode." But now I've got away a week. So, yeah. But. Um, uh, it's just-
0: It's killing me thinking we're so close and yet we're going to have to wait a year for the final piece now.
1: I know. It seems really (laughs) weird that I've only been watching it for four months and this thing's ending next year. So, uh, it's not fair. As long as they make a spin-off of Hurley and Sawyer living together.
0: (laughs) I would pay... uh, In fact, I'd gladly produce that, given the opportunity.
1: I would. I'd produce that for free.
0: No, I think I would too. You told me you had some theories that you developed recently. Um,
1: well, the problem with me is, and a lot of people will agree on this, uh, a lot of the people I speak to about Lost, is that my theories are so far-fetched that um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: it can't be true. Um, and they have so many holes in them. You know. oh, fair um, enough. A couple of examples I could give you. Um, I went through all of Season 3 thinking that Juliet was evil, as we've heard that before. Mm-hmm. And my latest one is thinking that Locke is evil.
0: Yeah, you've. Um, James has told me that he thinks Locke's uh, um, all along known about the island and been a part of someone working against Hanzo and the Dharma Initiative.
1: The sides are there. They really are.
0: <laughs> I don't think so at all, James. I'm sorry.
1: Well, okay, maybe not. But the sides are there, you know. He had motive to go to the island, you know. Healing properties. Oh, I'm going to start walking again. You know. He didn't
0: know that before he went there.
1: Ah, who's to say he did?
0: Me. And <laughs> another thing that. Um... Why would he care so much about the others, then, if he's a member of a different organisation? I mean, he didn't shoot Widmore when he was running away, even though it wouldn't have made that much difference to him, because he said he was one of his people. I don't think he'd show that much compassion.
1: Mm. But, speaking of Widmore, that really threw a spanner in the work, I think, for everyone's (laughs) theory. Like, all these theories everyone wrote down, like, oh, for God's sake. (laughs) I I didn't see that one coming at all.
0: Um, No, I didn't either.
1: But uh, yeah, I admit that the Locke being evil theory might be too far fetched, even for Lost. So it was uh, it was concocted in a conversation about Lost, which (laughs) something called sprung to mind. So I'll leave it at that.
0: That's fair enough. I saw a theory ages ago. It was back in series, it might have been yeah, series one. Who um, there was a big theory going around for a while that Locke had killed Shannon. Because um, she she had an off-screen death, didn't she?
1: Well, we'd sort of know that Anna Lucia killed it, didn't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. We, we it was sort of yeah. We sort of thought it had been that, but there had been loads of people who were saying, oh yeah, she missed, and it was actually Locke who was hiding in a bush or something like that. And <laughs> that's one that I sort of believed for a while until I, till I gave up. There's yeah. one thing that I've really been interested in looking at, um, Lostpedia recently, which is by the way a great site.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: and, um, and that's um, whisper transcripts.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was looking at those the other day. They are really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone, some clever person's actually done them on YouTube, and they've what they've done—they split the left and right channels, so you can hear the voices quite clearly. And yeah. the one of um, the one of Ben, the young Ben, when he's behind the sonic fence. Yeah, they've done that. That is quite a spooky one. And I'm thinking, if I watch this at 3am in the morning, I'm <laughs> going to be like, whoa. <laughs> So, but they are quite interesting. I believe they could hold something. Could no, I think in. so
0: too. Um, uh, we're not really sure what's going on yet, but it's really compelling and, like you said, quite creepy.
1: Mm. One of the theories I read about the whispers was that it because where the where they're all in time traveling is because the people from the future or the past are communicating with the island, um, yeah. which it, it, I, there's a, probably a couple of holes in that, but. It, it could still work um, which is interesting but I do believe they will have a big part to play in the whole whole show so they're very interesting as well
0: no I I think so too and I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to getting a few more transcripts in because it does take a couple of months even to get them through after the episode's end, doesn't it
1: yeah definitely Um, but it just shows how how much depth the show's got as well oh yeah Uh, definitely I mean something as subtle as that you know, could lead to it. So, but yeah, th- I'm surprised you brought that up actually, because I was looking at that the other day, and I th- thought I could mention that, but I didn't.
0: That's uh... well, been something I've been looking at for a while now. Just I thought it was just one of the it was one of the most compelling parts of the show for me. <laughs> Another thing that I've got to say, I've re- realised recently that every single one of the favourite characters in Lost, it may sound sexist as a might, but all the good characters are male. Um, I, mean, yeah, I know you love Juliet, but not in the way that she's like an awesome character. When you put her up against Hurley or Sawyer or Desmond or Ben or Saeed,
1: well, Desmond and Ben and Saeed are a completely different bunch of people. They are the saviors of Lost. Yes. If one of, right, if all three of those in there, the show would be awful. I mean, Desmond is just an awesome character. Um, ben is awesome, even though he's a bit. Weird, you sort of shout at the TV and say, why did you do that, Ben? Why did you do that? But and well, say he's just say, but Sawyer's pissing me off recently because he's becoming sort of a bit, I don't know, whiny. Yeah, he's become really whiny. And I miss the Sawyer when, for example, when he's like sort of mucking around, things like that, when he was trying on the glasses or gambling with Jack and things like that. I miss that kind of Sawyer when he's you know dealing out nicknames, not pining over Kate.
0: Well, we've been through this before, but you are f- st- firmly in the Jack and Kate camp, aren't you?
1: Well, I'm a Jack fan, so I'm going to go for Jack and Kate. I'm afraid but I'm not so much of a Jack fan. I, well, I used to hate Jack. I ha- hate's a strong word. Um, not like Jack, no. because I thought he was boring. But recently, I've really grown to love him, and I feel very, very sort of sorry for him. Um, you know, he, People have looked to him as some sort of leader when really he's not really a leader. But exactly. no, he has to carry this responsibility. Don't say anything bad about him because Jacksaws. Awesome.
0: Well well, okay. Um <laughs> your avatar staring back at me at the moment, so I'm not gonna argue.
1: Yes, look at him pointing the finger at you. <laughs> That's right, Tom. I'm the shizzle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If I ever met, you know, if I ever was to end up on the Lost Island and saw Jack, I'd probably stick with him, to be honest. He's he's a great guy. I think, you know, given the choice between Jack and Locke, you know, Locke's more Locke wants to be a leader. But at the same time, there's something a bit iffy about him. You wouldn't necessarily want to spend your days with him.
1: Don't you think it's a bit suspicious that everything he touches blows up? <laughs> the, I just The submarine, the <laughs> swan, the whole village got load of pieces I
0: what about the flame was that him I can't remember the what sorry the flame flame remind Mikai's me original um, camp oh when that blew up yeah
1: was that Locke well he um didn't he do something on the computer yeah um, but did he know about the C4 I don't know yeah he, he must have known about it because he took the C4 with him yeah or was that Saeed I can't remember I think it was Locke who took the C4 so he must have known. Maybe see that theory about Locke being a bit sinister has He's up He's sabotaging again. the island. He's sabotaging the island so the others are like can't go. I'm well, not, g- no I'm not going to go into that because okay. it's, it's a silly theory.
0: Although then again oh no he wanted to push the button. Wait, was it him who didn't want to push the button or him who did want to push the button? It was he, him and Jet.
1: He wanted to didn't he? No, because yes, yeah, because it was—it came down to him and Echo, didn't he? And Echo was trying yeah. desperately not to get him to push the button. But he did. And of course he said, I think I may have been wrong or something like that. Yeah. But um, for the record, actually, that scene when the swan blows up, that is probably one of the best scenes I've seen in Lost because that was so intense. I was watching it on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so that was one of my favorite scenes, I think, in the whole show. Um, but, yeah, but I don't know. There's something... What about Locke. For a guy with his intelligence, you'd think he'd have a bit of common sense.
0: I don't know. It's impossible impossible to predict what's coming in loss, so I think we just have to go with it for a while. Uh, Definitely. Oh, Daniel Faraday, another outstanding male cast member.
1: Fantastic, but two things I've got wrong with Faraday, okay. okay. One, the tie is really annoying me now. I'm like, Take oh, I it. I like it. It's it's I like, cute. I like it, but also, this is my impression of Faraday. I was talking like this. And <laughs> and, uh, uh, I'm like, it just mumbles all the time. Uh, yeah, my friend um, um, pointed out something about me and my friend we were talking about last. And we yep. were just doing it in the style of Faraday talk. It's like... <laughs> and we just noticed that. That's all he does. He's like the bumbling rat scientist. And like... so... I, I, well, I,
0: I, like, I like that. I mean, well, they've all got their sort of speech things. Jack can't talk without sounding deep-voiced, intense, and <laughs> out of breath. <sighs> Desmond always <laughs> sounds slightly angry. I miss drunk Desmond. Oh, me way. too. Wasn't he he's, fantastic?
1: He's become a bit, sort of, a bit wiser now he's sobered up. But when he was drunk, he was fantastic. As soon as I saw it, I thought, I'm going to like <laughs> you. What are you, brother? I'm like, yes. Yes, Desmond.
0: I can't um, even try to do his voice. It just, it upsets me every time I can't do a Scottish accent.
1: Yeah, brother? I, can, oh, I can't really do it either, but, you know. Um, Lock's a bit the same. He's a bit out of breath. He's like... Really, really. But, um... Uh, yeah, they have got like, their own little personality in their voices. You know, I'll I think... tell you Carry one
0: on. character that I really hate that uh, my friend loved from the beginning and I just never got into, and to be honest, I hoped would come to a sticky end in Jughead with Charlotte.
1: Um, I've got no opinion of her. I didn't like her when she came in, and I don't really like her character. Um... I,
0: I just think I, I think killing her off would have been the best choice not just because i don't like it but like you said maybe faraday's a bit bumbly and a bit weak wouldn't the death of his loved one really fire him up
1: yeah i think definitely i mean when he came on the island faraday came on the island You know, he was the first one in and he was sort of like really sort of quite macho and everything was like yeah yes I'm, I'm gonna do this and do this even though he was lying about it he's like i'm gonna do this um but now he's sort of got these feelings for Charlotte, he's sort of like, I'm mumbling mad. So, it's like, I can't talk right when she's around.
0: Um, he's, so... like, he's like a cross between Woody Allen and Kiff from
1: Futurama. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is... <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the other, the the, the four scientists came on the island, I'm quite liking Miles now. Oh, me too. He's... I, I... He's like the comic relief. Now Hurley's gone off the island. He's a wonderful bastard. He is a bastard, but I think he's going to know something. He's got a big part to play coming up because we. The big. Like the four at the moment. Well, it's three because Frank's sort of gone and we haven't seen much of him. Charlotte hasn't really sort of established herself yet. Um, she never... But. I don't think she's going to, to be honest. just kill her off. Uh, but Faraday's got this big thing because obviously Miss Hawking is Faraday's mother
0: oh yeah definitely definitely. There's, there's no doubt
1: I could bet my left leg on that and if it doesn't happen I would rip my left leg off and beat myself to death of it
0: you know but, I, I was going to say I actually developed that theory immediately after seeing the first episode
1: when did, I think I was about that time I saw her too yeah um, I sort of thought, thought you know there's something a bit odd about sort of Faraday 'Cause in a constant he went back and saw Faraday and he was talking about time travel and then you've got this other woman, this other British woman, or whatever, who's sort of like got this time travel connection. So I thought, mm, you know, so that's something to do with Desmond, but it's not it can be Desmond, so maybe it's Faraday. But when I saw Ellie and how they sort of recognized each other, not recognised, sort of looks familiar. That yeah. was when link was sort of made and I thought, Yes, there's something something there And I'm i am damn sure of it now.
0: And there's one more thing that, I'll, um, that I noticed. Um, this girl Teresa, that um, Faraday put in the coma. Yeah. Um, she has the same name as Boone's nanny. Uh,
1: I think it's a coincidence. Well, you
0: say that, but the thing is, like, I've been talking to people, and in Lost, there is no coincidences.
1: That, that is true. I was about to say, there is
0: no succeed. Also, there's also been, like, people analyzing, you know when Locke had that vision of Boone covered in blood. Do you remember that one? The really, really creepy vision in series one. Yeah. That was on. honestly, that screwed me up for days, that one. <laughs> but um, remember Boone repeats the word, Teresa falls up the stairs, Teresa falls down the stairs. Yeah. Maybe something to do with time travel.
1: Um, there's a couple of uh, theories with that, actually, Um, that I thought that why it can't be true. Because Boone's American, right? And that yep. happened in America. And Teresa was obviously british so that's what i think unless she was a nanny over in the states but then why would they bring her back to britain if she got injured yeah. um, but then faraday did something to teresa mm. so not boone so i think the yeah. connection there could be there as well so i think to be honest it might be the first coincidence of lost um, Only
0: time to tell, James.
1: I am I am prepared to be proved wrong, but okay. I'm sticking to my convictions and saying that it's just a coincidence. I think, to be honest.
0: I'm hoping it all links in because I like that sort of intrigue. Hmm. And I'm I just I, I like. I don't know. I've lost. Just it seems like they they know what they're doing too much to let something that important slide.
1: Yeah. But um, um, I, I I've got another a bit of a beef actually with the casting people have lost okay. um, i mentioned this on another lo- podcast about lost that i did is that um i'm from oxford you see yes. and uh, a lot of the show when it's not based on the island in, Eng- and in england is based around oxford yeah. and for some reason they've casted people that sound common as muck <laughs> like that yes the woman uh, that's looking after teresa she's got a very very heavy cockney accent and so it's the <laughs> So it's the maintenance guy that comes in, as well, into Faraday's in room. He's got a heavy Cockney accent. I'm thinking, people from Oxford don't speak like that. You know? So That's that's one of my major beefs with her, I think, really. They should have taken more care of that, but it's a minor quibble, I think. Maybe maybe it's just a coincidence, James. <laughs> There's no such thing as a coincidence in Lost, Tom.
0: Okay, fair enough. They're <laughs> obviously prejudiced against you, Oxfordians. Ox- yes.
1: Yeah, they thought uh, Oxford the bastards. They're always beating (laughs) Cambridge in the boat races, Tommy had our revenge.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) um, let's not get into that, because I'm a Cambridge boy. An (laughs) Oxford boy, you
1: see?
0: I know. Supporting the locals. We ought to hate each other, really.
1: Uh, Yes, we do. Oh, well.
0: Speaking Uh, of which, that was a lucky escape you had on
1: Sunday. Oh oh the West Ham May <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you got a class player like Ryan Giggs, there's no such thing as a lucky escape.
0: Ryan Giggs is probably my favourite player outside West Ham's team.
1: That was a fantastic goal as well. Mm. Truly magnificent goal. This is not talking about loss though. Okay,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I've got into football again and
1: oh I love Upton Park. How many times have you been? I'm sorry? How many times have you been to Upton Park?
0: Um, I had a season ticket um, for the two thousand five two thousand six season and two thousand six two thousand seven season.
1: Oh, awesome! So, so you got to see Carlos Tevez play, it. She said, "Surely." Oh yes, I did. It was oh, that play, that player amazes me.
0: I was there at the Bolton match when he scored those two magnificent goals, and then oh, um, I, I was there all through. You know, I. Based on our renaissance when we were at the bottom of the table and then managed to stay up
1: finally. Yeah. I like how Sheffield United are still going on about that. Like drop <laughs> it. Come on, just drop it. You went down, you didn't score enough points. Drop it. But um yeah, you know, even if Tevez didn't score at the end of that at the end of the main army game, at the end of the season, Sheffield United would have still went down anyway, so
0: No, it's true. But um, anyway, moving on from that, that was just a quick side note. Um yep. shall we do some more Simpsons?
1: Um, I just want to stay with Lost for a second. Okay, go go ahead. um, I would like your sort of, I don't know, a bit prophetic, this one, actually. Why do you think it's going to end? Oh, God. Um... Like, for example, what I mean is that Series 1 was them dealing with themselves, being stranded on the island. Season 2 was finding out what's actually going on. Season 3 was this big thing with the others, and Season 4 was... You know, dealing with Whitmore and mercenaries. Season five is how they're getting back to the island and why it's yep. traveling. What do you think season six will boil down to?
0: I think season six is going to boil down to once they're back on the island, mm-hmm. just, just you know, just what needs to be achieved. I mean, why are they going back? How are they going to stop these time shifts? And how is everything going to be resolved?
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh, I wanted to run a theory down by you. Okay. Uh, my friend came up with the grounds for this theory, but. I sort of built onto it, okay? Mm-hmm. Jack. Yes. Murdered. Locke. Yes. Okay. Let, um. Can I explain? Can let... yep. Right, okay. Think about it. Um, Jack went to commit suicide. Yes. While looking at the article about Jerry Bentham, which is Locke. Okay. Jack swore to Locke that he would kill him next time he sees him. Jack has tried to kill Locke before with the gun, but it had no bullets in it. Or it jammed one or the other you know Um, and plus he seemed quite sort of sorrowful and a bit sort of depressed and I don't know what's the word um, regretful at his funeral and everything like that Um, and he has a motive to go back to the island uh, to make everything right to make up for what he did
0: I like it I I, I like it but that would mean that that would mean admitting that Locke's really dead and I think it's a trick
1: yeah, because that's also another theory that I've got, that the spider that, well, the killed... Spider. Yeah,
0: the Yeah, spider. In that very, very forgettable
1: episode. Yeah. The air quotes <laughs> that killed Nikki and Paolo um, has got something to do with Locke being in that coffin. Um, I've got to go with one of the theories, but I don't know which one yet. No, um, I'm not sure yet either. It's, uh, I love Lost. It's an amazing show. It is. It is. Brilliant.
0: <laughs> it is amazing. And unfortunately, I've sort of... Um... I've been watching Heroes since it first started and recently I've just become so disillusioned. It's just, yeah. it's not the show it set out to be.
1: I've never, ever, ever watched Heroes.
0: It's, well, it's, it's you know, it was set up by this guy who, um, he's. it was initially set up by um, a friend of JJ um, J. Abrams, actually. Yeah. And wanted to make a show that was more fast-paced than Lost and sort of to, you know, eliminate the mistakes that Lost made. And, they pulled it off for the first season. and Ever since then, they've sort of—I think—they've self-indulged. Mm. And more recent, in fact, this most recent episode, all the heroes have been on a plane which has crashed.
1: Oh, haven't heard <laughs> that before. <laughs> Was it on an island. <laughs> Time travelled. No, I'm afraid all these not. mysterious hostiles. But <sighs> you can see, sort of maybe what they want to achieve with that. There you go, that's how season six is going to end. The heroes come along and save all the losties. What a finale. That would be. The ultimate kick in the teeth? Strange, to say the least. <laughs> it would be the ultimate kick in the teeth for the people that have sort of stayed with both shows until the end. Be you know
0: what I'd like to see? Scrubs is ending this year. Why not sign up some of the cast for season six of Lost?
1: <laughs> That'd be great, actually. JD, JD, JD and island. That would be fantastic. That'd be absolutely brilliant. Should we move on to The Simpsons now?
0: I think it's important that we do.
1: Our favourite topic. Um, Last week, well, last time, I say last week, but last time, we were carrying down our top 20 list of the best Simpsons episodes ever, according to me and Tom. Um, At number 20 was Team Homer 19 separate locations 18 Homer's Enemy 17 Mount Springfield At number 16 was Season 3, Flaming Moe's Flaming Moe Terrific episode And I watched this last night, I believe I watched it last
0: week as well So I think we we brushed up on it, really
1: Yeah, I'm quite up to date with this one So, Um, I love this episode Because I like seeing Moe And Homer together
0: no, same here. I think Mo, Mo's earlier the earlier episode. I think Mo needed to have earlier episodes, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I saw a Mo-centric one a couple of days ago on Channel Four, which was a more recent episode, and just doesn't do his earlier character justice.
1: No, no. I I think in it's sort of the newer episodes he's become like. Well, how do I explain it? He, in the newer episodes, he's still pretty much the same personality, but they've sort of made it more obvious that he's a really sort of seedy character. But in the earlier episodes, you know he's a senior character, but they don't make he just it quite as some obvious. Some of the most
0: terrific lines, oh,
1: it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's I can't remember the exact line, but when uh, him and the um, the bartender was sleeping in bed, and she says, "I was just thinking of Homer Simpson," and he said, "No, I was just thinking of someone else." I thought that was just typical, Moe, just <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fantastic. But. Um, I like uh, Flaming Moves because it's got a lot of great gags in it. Especially the one where um, Homer's reading the paper and suddenly he closes it and sees Maggie all made up and just throws the paper and so says, that's a helmet out of here. Yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely fantastic. Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> thinking about that, that's brilliant. Um,
0: See, those were the days when they didn't dumb Homer down too much either. No. He had some really great one-liners that would throw away, but, you know, still made him out to be someone who was pretty on the ball sometimes
1: and I think also it's a chance for the writers as well to it was going to be central around a, a bar or a pub um, yeah. around a bar so they've got to throw in a few cheers gags I liked um, the
0: I liked the Flaming Boys
1: theme yeah me too Flaming So <laughs> I'm going
0: to have to find that song
1: I think it might be buried on one of the CDs somewhere if not it's probably on the internet somewhere or I can rip it from yeah. the DVD so um But yeah, it's a great episode. Um, Also, I like um, Bart's reaction to Mrs. Krabappel when he's brought the alcohol in. I've brought enough for everybody. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Getting the fact that he's going to serve it to underage people. I've brought enough for everybody. Um, But yeah, that's a great uh, episode. (laughs) I think, for me, season three is my favourite season overall. I'm going to have to watch some more season three, actually. I'm going through the season now, actually. Um, I've got it paused on, what episode was it? Homer Alone, when Marge goes to Raja Relaxo. That um, is a terrific episode. It's a good episode. Bonnie's sleeping on that shell. Yeah. <laughs> also, when he's talking about the omelettes. I'm making with two kinds of cheeses, ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sooner we get her out of it, the sooner we can have omelettes. <laughs> <So, laughs> uh, uh, Flaming Mose, great episode. Yes. Uh, number fifteen. Stay with season three. Bart the Lover.
0: One of my. It's, it, it, actually, it's the first episode. It's the first Simpsons episode I ever watched. Really? Yep.
1: Wow, that's a good episode to first watch. It, I think.
0: Yeah, I think. I think. I think. Sorry, it's the one that it stuck with me as well. The one scene that sticks with me forever, and just the one I love. Is um, when they're giving Bart ideas on how to break up with her through the letter.
1: <laughs> Homer and that, PSI. Three simple words. I am gay. Oh no, anyway, that's a letter. Dear baby, welcome to <laughs> Dubsville. Population, you. <laughs> I thought, how insensitive would that be? I mean, I don't know, if I, if I was going to be dumped and I got either I'd well, actually, I'd laugh at it now. Yeah, I'd give them I give the points for the reference. Simpsons reference. I'm like, you know, I like the Simpsons. You let me down in the best way possible. But if it didn't know the Simpsons, I'd be quite upset. Um, but I like that episode as well. Lot, I like um, a lot of the bat centric episodes. It sort of sees a different side to Bart. Mm. In much of like a lot of the centric Simpsons episodes, do they sort of discover the, the different side to each character? And um, yeah. But uh, pulling a nasty prank on his teacher, and he ends up regretting
0: it. Oh, I just want to say um, one thing. Uh, My friends and I were discussing Simpsons a couple of days ago, and I've got a good question to ask you. Go on. Your favourite Simpsons episode
1: based in a foreign country. In a foreign country? Yes. Bart versus Australia. No question about it. That's exactly what I said. That episode has got so... (laughs) In fact, that's not even on the list. Oh no! That could be a very honourable mention, but that it's got some absolutely, truly magnificent lines in it. Um, oh no! Definitely. Off the top of my head, the bit where the the guys talking to the what's his name, um, Tobias's dad. Oh yeah. Um. Com- uh. Oh, what is his Did name? he
0: even
1: get credited? I don't know if he got a name. Yeah. Bruno Drums. Drums. That's his name. Bruno. Okay. And that uh, he's talking to the president of Australia, and he's sat there in the rubbery. All well, right, mates, what's a good word? <laughs> that's, just, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's my favourite Simpsons episode set in a foreign country.
0: Well, I'm, I'm obviously going to agree with you. And um, I just I love the Hutt-style lawyer that they had there as well. Um, you know, when he's doing the neg- negotiation on the phone.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: it's <laughs> agreed there. We have one candy or two candy apples during the negotiation. Okay. Okay.
1: okay. Two, one candy, one caramel. That's it. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> when Mars does that speech and everything, oh, it's yeah. like, uh huh. So it's so she won't be allowed to infold again. <laughs> Brilliant. It's like the ultimate kick in the teeth. You think they're finally going <laughs> to peacefully resolve it? No. <laughs> but um, it's quite an insult actually to Australia. They do mock the country, um, but I think it's sort of a, a nice way. Really. Mr.
0: Simpson, please. Disparaging the boot is a will fence.
1: <laughs> fantastic. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. <laughs> they
0: just and think they all have to be low-class drunks. I noticed yeah. this as well in the House of Parliament, everyone was holding a fosters as well.
1: And they don't even serve fosters in Australia. But To my mind, it's brewed over here. I think that's <laughs> a really horrible stereotype. That's fantastic. The big, the big fosters can comes up. Something wrong, it's all in good
0: humor, isn't it? It's all in good humour,
1: yeah. Um, but moving away from that, Bart and Lover yeah. great episode! Oh, yeah, terrific one of the best from season three. Um, number fourteen on the list, of the final one today. I could talk about this episode forever because okay. it's fantastic. The Last Temptation of Homer.
0: I'm a, I, I love it, and I think it's a great episode. The problem with me is, I've seen it way too many times.
1: I've seen it lots of times as well, but I can't get bored of it. It's one of those episodes which I could watch any time, any place. just there's one, there's, one
0: thing, there's one thing in the episode that just makes me laugh every time, and it's really throwaway. It's like it doesn't even have a part in the... You know, it, the episode could very well do without it, and I'm not really sure why it's in there, but it's just really funny. It's when they're at the conference and someone just shouts, No more Chernobyl!
1: Go to hell! Throws <laughs> <laughs> so the brick. Throws the brick. Yeah, it's like got a brick set on the desk just for that purpose. <laughs> but, um... And, it's the, what, and
0: obviously, the solar power guys who, must, who they muscle in on the solar power
1: guy. Yeah, that, that's a wonderfully dark <laughs> but brilliant bit. But the A plot's brilliant, obviously, home of uh, yes. being tempted by the fruit of another person, and um, to coin a phrase or a song, I won't go there. And um, Bart becoming a geek or a nerd, his worst nightmare being re- realized if he becomes a mm-hmm. nerd. Today, we're doing a lot of b- upper work, body work on Bart. Today, let's pound his kidneys.
0: Um, I also love the bit just when he looks in Millhouse's glass and just goes, oh, "I'm a nerd," and Milhouse just looks back and goes, oh, "So am I."
1: How many times must he have looked in the mirror and realised? <laughs> you know, until he looks at Bart and thinks, "I'm a nerd." But, um, I think it's quite, I think it's quite uh, funny actually because Bart is now on the same level as Millhouse because Milhouse is quite nerdy, oh, yeah. um, but Millhouse doesn't get that close with Bart you think those two would be the one who's bonded together yeah. but it seems to be Bart and Martin Prince are you a but, fan
0: of Millhouse Uh
1: um, yes
0: because the, the one episode I think he has a, he, he has his standout episode in Summer of Four Foot Two
1: yes that's fantastic <laughs> when they're playing the game the board game the dating game <laughs> Bart guess the one that looks like Millhouse
0: <laughs> hey that's... he looks like you Point Dexter <laughs> <laughs>
1: You got a friend. You got the dove right here. Stand up for yourself, Point Dexter. To- Homer's <laughs> complete insensitivity for Bart's friend. It's just, <laughs> and also
0: just the bit where he just goes. So what did they say? Are we cool with them? No. They must have
1: seen you. <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> brilliant. And when he's obviously when he's hiding behind the cereal box as well.
1: <laughs> totally oblivious to the conversation. Just- but okay, let's. Sorry. Um- um, back on yeah, uh, last temptation. It's got a lot of great lines in it. Um, obviously, Mindy too. Um, Burns and Smithers once again brilliant in that episode. Um, Terrific. But I think the more I think about it now, I think more Burns and Smithers are definitely my favourite pairing over Chalmers and Skinner. I think
0: there was you. You posted links. Um, you posted a quote the other day somewhere, and I can't remember. It's the, it's a Burns and Smithers quote, but it's just the best one ever. And it's um, when. It's, Burns says something like oh yes someone up there likes me alright uh, excellent down once again the you. wheel
1: is turned and Dame Fortune has hugged Montgomery Burns to a sweet perfume bosom uh, bosom, uh, bosom bosom <laughs> somebody up there likes me Smithers somebody down here likes you too shut up <laughs> also I think it's the same episode actually um Burns is on the phone to Ken Brockman he goes and says so where's my radiation how the devil should I know covers up the Smith side on his suit yeah (laughs) absolutely fantastic Um, (laughs) but yeah but I I think that episode has got everything. you know it's great to see another side of Homer you know he does care about his his family
0: and also some of the fantasies in that episode were brilliant even the fish singing to him was yeah I loved that bit and, and Holmes... of course Delaney and Cole, Then, yeah his reaction
1: wrong. when he walks out and runs out of the thing I shouldn't have eaten that packet of powdered gravy I found in the parking lot. and his unsexy thoughts
0: obviously one of the biggest Simpson memes ever to come out of the show
1: party brilliant um the only thing I. There's actually quite a problem with that episode, and it's more of a continuity thing that they've sort of given out for us, like for quick laughs, is Homer goes out the elevator, slides down. The in side. the cooling tower. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, they've obviously put that in for laughs, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. It's a shame. But it um, doesn't stop it from being a great episode. And, the, um, the thing is,
0: that lift scene is perfect, isn't it? That is. Yeah.
1: I mean what was it Um, hello Mindy Mindy says um, I guess we'll be going down together I'll be getting off together that's like that's a perfectly wrong thing to say and Holmes says I'll push the button for the stimulator I mean elevator it doesn't even make a lot of sense how could you get those two mixed up (laughs) but um, yeah I love that episode great episode of season 5 and the first season 5 episode on our list believe it or not oh really and there's a looking at it now, three more.
0: Three more, well that just shows the quality of that season.
1: Um, yeah, but uh, that was sort of like in the middle of the golden age of The Simpsons, so um, brilliant. Um, okay. Looking at the list, actually, um, have you got any honourable mentions to episodes that weren't on the list? Yeah. Cool.
0: Um, um, I, do, I actually don't know, um, the one that, one that I can remember, I think... Th- we haven't. We haven't. We've got one Treehouse of Horror, I think, on there, have we?
1: Treehouse of Horror five, yeah.
0: Which is obviously the best one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I really like most of the Treehouse of Horror segments.
1: Yeah, me too. I think it is the only part of the show where it's you know they can just do what the hell are they want because it doesn't really affect the Simpsons world, mm-hmm. and they just do it for laughs. So um, I probably agree with that. So.
0: And other than that, no, I think we've made a good list and. I don't want to go against... Obviously, Bart versus Australia.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, uh, next time we're going to be covering Homer's Phobia, uh, uh, <laughs> Treehouse of Horror 5, and Homer, Bad Man. So... Three excellent to... ones. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, reasons to tune in. Yes. As if you needed one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, moving on now... Uh, Tom is here with some movie reviews, uh, one new and one old. I believe today you are reviewing the latest cinema release, Frost Nixon. Yes. Uh, directed by Ron... He did direct it, directed, didn't he? Ron Jeremy directed it. Ron Jeremy, Ron Howard, is a porn star? What am I talking <laughs> about? <laughs> <laughs> Ron Howard directed it. I don't know I'm what Howard. came over my mind there. You actually know a porn star named James? I know a, a couple, but believe it—it's just discussions that I've had with my friends. I'm not admitting to anything, okay?
0: If you cut this bit out, I'm going to hurt you. This I'm, needs to stay in.
1: I won't cut it out, believe me. Uh, <laughs> directed by Ron Howard, who was in The Simpsons. Yes. Um, in one of my favorite season ten episodes, and uh, moving on. Uh, also in Bruises. in Bruce, in Bruges, whatever. <laughs> Bruges, I don't care anymore. I've lost my dignity, man. <laughs>
0: I'll give you a while to compile it while I have um, a yeah. go on some films.
1: I'm going um, to go shoot myself now. So I...
0: Actually, I'm going to include you in this discussion, first of all, because um, I want to talk BAFTAs and...
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Season.
0: yes, um The BAFTAs have just passed us by. Mm-hmm. Um, do you subscribe to Jonathan
1: Ross's Twitter? I used to, until he uh, kept updating all the time. Same with Stephen Fry. Um, but I stopped following because they just update all the time and it's knocking all my... Proper updates off my timeline.
0: Um, is well, I'm well, I'm only following a few people, so it doesn't affect me too much. But I might join you eventually. Mm. Um, Jonathan Ross, uh, he he was gonna have a, he had a Twitter word at the BAFTAs. So basically, his wife was going to give him a word that he would tell only to the Twitter people that he would have to include in his in his BAFTA presentation at some point. <laughs>
1: That's wicked. And, uh, that had. word,
0: the word was salad. And, <laughs> um, he, he he did it actually, which was really good. He did it on best costume design. I he said, have... In my mind, actors are a lot like salad—they're nothing without great dressing.
1: I missed so. that one. Um, oh well, but uh, but, but yeah, yeah. I think
0: he, I think he did a really good job presenting it.
1: Yeah, it was. I, I've missed Jonathan Ross. Oh no, same here. I have missed him greatly. Um, you know, it's great to see him back. I think he's a very funny person. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was great to see him on there, and I thoroughly enjoyed the Baftas as well. Um, oh, no, I
0: thought that—that that was excellent. It's a lot. Uh, it's just a lot less bloated and a lot more interesting, I think, than the Oscars.
1: Well, I think the problem with American shows is that they do um, overdo it. They do mm. go for it. I mean, if you look at the British awards shows, like the Brit, Brit Awards, well, maybe not the Brit Awards nowadays, but a couple of, maybe like five, ten years yeah. ago, it was a very sort of relatively sort of medium-key affair. Like yeah. the Grammys are always overblown. The MTV VMAs are stupidly overblown. Um same with the uh, the BAFTAs as well they're quite a low key event you know well it's not low key it's like it's not over, over the top or anything it's just a nice little little shindig but
0: I, I I really enjoyed them this year and uh, Mickey Rourke's speech
1: was obviously a highlight for everyone Mickey Rourke is um I have a lot of respect for Mickey Rourke for, like coming back from what he's come back from I don't know, same um, here you know he has he has gone through quite a lot um and you know he has relied on a couple of people to get there, but fortunately, it's taken a film like *The Wrestler*, uh, which I've only seen half of.
0: I've I haven't actually seen it yet, but it's because my my, my nearest cinema that I go to usually uh, uh, is very limited in the films it shows, mm. and uh, they didn't actually show *The Wrestler*, and they only started showing *Slumdog Slumdog Millionaire* when they realised how good it was. Really, mm.
1: Mm. that is a fantastic film, actually. So it's unbelievable, mm. Terrific. Um, I think once again proving that Danny Boyle is possibly one of the greatest directors this country will ever. He ever. can just do any genre. He wants. Can't I he? Mean, I mean, take for example, Sunshine. It was a very sort of science fictiony thing. An absolutely brilliant film.
0: I saw that for the first time last week, and I did think it was very, very good. Um, and also, so one problem with it was was that after the main bad he gets introduced, it maybe goes a bit
1: mm. Yeah. Um you know. <laughs> but I think for me his 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 film will mm-hmm. while it will be slumdog Millionaire I think in the world in the eyes of um the world but I think that his film will always be twenty eight days later. From a big kind fan of that film, aren't you? Well not because it's just an enjoyable film, but the way it's made you know, Danny Boyle has set out with a vision for you know I want to create this this dead London scene and you know he's like directed it in such a brilliant way. Um, I love, I love Twenty Eight Days Later not just for the for the film but the stuff behind the film as well. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. There's a lot of depth as well to the Twenty Eight Days Later film. It's like a graphic novel and everything for it. Yeah. So, I'm rambling.
0: <laughs> it's all right, James. Um I'll give you a while to compose yourself, um, while I review Frost Nixon.
1: Excellent.
0: Um Frost Nixon is um a new film, Michael Sheen and Frank Langella. Um Frank Langella's up actually up for a best um best actor award in the Oscars and was nominated for the BAFTAs. And he thoroughly deserves it. It's great. It's absolutely amazing actually, the way he managed to portray Nixon. Um actually I want to start off by saying um these two films, Frost Nixon and Bruges, these are the only two films that I've given 10 out of 10 to in my um, film reviewing history um, in about six months mm-hmm. these are my only two 10 out of 10 films um so reviewing them both to, um, today is quite special for me um so Frost Nixon well I've just established that I absolutely love the film which I did it's it is perfect um you've got Michael Sheen playing David Frost um He's, he's, to an extent, for the first half of the comic relief, him and his um, entourage, they they make up the comic relief. They're joking, they're having a good time, and um, it sort of shows the naivety that they got themselves into um, when they actually realised just how professional Nixon is. And have you seen Frost Nixon, by the way? I haven't seen it yet, no. no. You should. And um, I don't really know what I can say about it. I mean, the... the I went into the film blind and I think that's what really affected me about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm actually going to do quite a minimums review on this one. I'm just say the performances are terrific. Rebecca Hall by the way um is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen on film and um I'm I'm going to be following her not in the actual sense of following her down the street but um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to be following her in a career from now on. Um she was up for an um Rising Star Bafter actually, mm-hmm. um, and she she was a very very terrific part of the film. But definitely the standout performance of the film was Frank Langella as Richard Nixon. Um, I really think everyone should see this film, not only for its historical value, and you know they've they've took, taken a few liberties with what happened in the film. But who hasn't? Mm. And I don't I don't think that's a reason to count anything against the film. So. No, definitely that's a film that should be watched and I uh, well, I'd, I'd also character. like to say so, um, I'm a big fan of Ellen Page as we know I saw um, the film An American Crime recently mm-hmm. uh, you, have you heard anything about that? I haven't, no, no. it's um, the true story of um, a girl called Sylvia Likens um, it was a case in America back in the 60s, 50s I'm not too sure um, it's a true story and I've actually read up on the case, it was surprisingly true and it's horrific, it really is Um, These two girls get taken into the care of this woman while their parents are away. Mm -hmm. And the woman just, um, she was ill, she was psychologically ill, and um, she just started abusing this girl Sylvia in the most horrible and heinous ways imaginable. And the film, film actually, they didn't let it give it a cinematic release because they thought it was too disturbing, so it was Mm. put straight onto DVD. And, oh, it is horrific, but another, you know, Ellen Page is terrific in whatever she does, and it was no holds barred and it's a really important film for her i think as well not many people saw it but it it was it's very affecting and i even had to pause it at one point and take a few deep breaths mm-hmm. so i think that's another film that deserves um, a mention i would talk about in bruges but are we running out of time for the recording
1: we have uh 6 minutes
0: oh what the hell i'll go for it all right um my the final film i'm going to review is um in bruges which I maintain is my favourite film, um, next to maybe Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Uh, Steve, have you seen
1: that one either? I haven't. No.
0: Okay. Um, I
1: tell you what. I will put it on my love film list right now.
0: I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a big list of films that you need to put on. Planes, Trains and Automobiles and In Bruges being the
1: operant ones at the moment. Well, In Bruges but, is actually at the top of my list, but they never send it. So.
0: That was the first one I got sent.
1: Bit, it's right at the top of my list on high priority, and they won't send it. So. Oh, and well, I've just got Burn After Reading added to my list as well. That's a terrific film as well. Carry on. Um,
0: yeah, In Bruges. Oh, you haven't even seen it yet, and now I'm going to have to talk about it, James.
1: I tell you what, oh, I suppose
0: okay. I don't mind being spoiled, so... Okay, I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to... Okay, so um, In Bruges tells the story of um, two hitmen, um, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, both with exquisite Irish accents. I mean, it... <laughs> the 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 accents in that are gorgeous actually it has to be said um and that's just one thing great thing about the film um irish hitman it's it's the blackest of comedies it's mm-hmm. it's really really funny and i could quote it <clears throat> i could quote it for hours and it's very it's quite sure it's 107 minutes and um the, um the word fuck is said 126
1: times <laughs> I'm not allowed to
0: swear so I I want you to get a bleeper. Can we bleep that? I I'd really love to be bleeped.
1: I'll complete that. I can get a bleep off the off the internet and bleep it. Good.
0: I cuz I I I like being bleeped. But you need to keep the f and the k at the end of the sound, you know, Brooker style.
1: <laughs> I've got remind me to bring something up about Charlie Brooker actually um once you finished. Okay. Um so yeah, um the word is <laughs> said 126
0: times. Um it's an average of 1.18 um <laughs> per minute. And um, you know, you'd think at that point it would sound crass or horrible, but it's the way they do it. And I, I, I did think it was terrific. Actually, um, I had a gripe with the Oscars for only nominating it for one award, because mm. I actually um, I drafted it for four more awards. I would have given, um, I would have nominated it for best soundtrack.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've got the soundtrack actually, and it it's incredible. It really is it's beautiful it, it's just short pieces but they it's done so well it's got one of the most tragic piano pieces i've ever heard it's wonderful and um i would also g- um, give um given best supporting actor nods to Ray Fiennes and Brendan Gleeson mhm both absolutely terrific in the film i think Colin Farrell was superb as well but maybe not he wasn't the best actor in it and also i would have obviously draft it for best film in bruges I don't really know what to say about it. I just love it so much. I don't think my words can do it justice. Um the best the best thing about it is this relationship. The fact that these guys both of these guys are hitmen and they they're just the nicest guys you could ever wish to meet. <laughs> I mean, you know, nothing's wrong with them. They don't seem affect, they don't seem hard-bitten, they don't seem horrible. They just they're just enjoying their holiday in Bruges. <laughs>
1: um
0: one more than the other obviously. Ray Fiennes as Harry Waters, who's sort of um, he's the you know the boss, you could say, mm-hmm. and he's terrific in it as well. He has some great lines, and um, he's the fury of the piece as well. And once he gets into Bruges, the whole thing descends into some sort of mad chaos. And the, oh, it's the, the way the film shifts so quickly. You've got this wonderful multi-layered story of tragedy and comedy, and it's almost Shakespearean in that sense. But it's Colin Farrell and Brenton Gleeson just going about Bruges, swearing and being funny for the first while. Then this midget is introduced, um, um, <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds. And you know things things start to get a bit darker. You find out why actually they are they are in Bruges, and what you know what's actually going to be happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the whole thing sort of takes on a new meaning. Oh, and. The one thing I absolutely loved about it was the allusions to um, what's going to happen in the future. I mean, if you if you watch the film all the way through, then watch it again and just see how many times like certain things are hinted towards or certain things are done to make you realise what's going to happen at the end of the film or how things eventually play out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not going to say too much about that, but um, there's a few ones like, um, for instance, the midget says to them he, he invites um, Ray and his girlfriend for a drink and they Kindly decline, and he um, then says, "In another life."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, in the next scene, he promptly dies. So it's um it's things like that, and um, it's just hinted out all the way through the film. I don't know what else I can say. I absolutely love the film, and every everyone, and I mean everyone, needs to see this. Um, it's not for the, it's not for the people who maybe read the Daily Mail or complain to Ofcom.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's not. It's um it's it's the most un-PC film I think I've ever seen I mean there's um best bits um is when they're sitting in the cafe they're sitting in a cafe planning their day and Brenton Gleeson's character says to Colin they're going to go out and um, Colin Farrell's character says you know um, I have a feeling that what we're going to do today involves a lot of culture Brenton Gleeson says back well we'll strike a fine balance between culture and fun and well what Colin Farrell's character then says at this point it shouldn't be funny or you know it shouldn't be it doesn't even make sense and that's the beauty of it, just because what he says is so ridiculous it actually makes it funny. So he says, we'll strike a fine balance between culture and fun. And um, Colin Fracture, as a character said, um, yes, well, I have a feeling that the balance may tip in the favour of culture, like a big f***ing black girl um, like a big fat f-ing black girl on a f-ing seesaw opposite a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just things like that um, that sort of they define his character, and I, I, I don't know. I, I I, really don't know. I, I'm sort of overcome with love for this film. I'm, I'm not sure I can judge it properly. So, In Bruges, in short, the perfect film for anyone. It's not feel-good. It's not poetry, but it's absolutely fantastic. And... This guy, um, Martin Madonna, It, it, it was his. First, it was the first film he ever wrote or directed. Ah, so um, I'm. Re- I'm really pleased for him for that, and um, he also won best original screenplay at the Baftas. So well done to him.
1: So that's not. That's not a bad thing for for his first film.
0: Oh no, definitely not. I mean, it's. I've fallen in love with this film, and I don't. I don't think I'll ever fall out of love with it. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Moving on. Your yes. person
0: of the week. My person of the week this week, um, someone quite close. Actually, I want you do yours first because I didn't. Mine was number three last week, and I don't want mine to be number three again. So you got you you do you, yours first.
1: Okay, um, I was gonna go with um, Matthew Fox, but I thought no, nah, I did a Lost one last week, yeah. and plus the Lost thing's sort of over now, so mm-hmm. I'm officially a Lost fan. Um, so um, I'm gonna go with at the moment. My person of the week probably is going to be Chris Martin of Coldplay. Because right. <laughs> at the same time, he is very, very arrogant. Um, but you just can't help but love the guy. Um, I think he writes some of the best music in the world. On his hand. On his hand. And, <laughs> but um, someone pointed out to me the other day that... Um, well, not the other day, the other week... Um, that most Coldplay's uh, lyrics rhyme, um, and they said it'll probably spoil the songs for you, for you. But you know, it's actually quite a knack to make everything rhyme in a song and still make sense. Yeah. Um, but I was watching an interview with uh, Chris Martin, and um, he said something quite arrogant, really. that's sort of like, kind of like defaming Coldplay in a way. That say that they aren't the best band in the world. And he kind of said, you know, uh, the interviewer said. Um, what who do you think uh, let's talk about being the best band in the world. And he goes, Well you should call up you two then. <laughs> and I thought, Chris, just for once, be modest and just say that Coldplay are the biggest band in the world at the moment and there's no denying that. Um but there's no doubt about that that Viva La Vida yeah. or Deaf and All His Friends is a wonderful album. It deserves every award it gets and it deserves all the all the praise that it gets. It's one of my, your reaction to the um, plagiarism claims? Oh, load of rubbish. Yep, absolute load of rubbish. It, for One thing, it doesn't sound that familiar at all. I so think it,
0: the, maybe the in, you know the first few bars yeah. maybe sound slightly similar, but honestly, that's all I can hear.
1: Yeah, that's probably as far as it goes. I think uh, you know it's always going to be the same. If someone makes a big record yeah. Yeah, and it gets popular, you know that's always going to be the same way. But that is sort of like denying the fact that Viva la Vida is a, a truly brilliant song. It's um, terrific. And I can't praise that well enough, and I can't praise the band enough, and I've, I've got Chris Martin to thank for that, so he's my person of the week.
0: Okay. So, on to yours. Um, my person of the week is someone that, um, well, it's quite fitting because you actually introduced me to this person, and um, it is the wonderful Charlie Brooker. Ah, yes. Um, I've subscribed to his Twitter feed, and you know he he doesn't do it as regularly as some, but every one is a joy,
1: isn't it? I have uh, one of his one of his ones um, saved yeah. as a favourite actually, um, and he's basically what he was doing was he was doing uh, making up new words to add into this uh, new age dictionary yes. that describes um, new things, and it was uh, called disaster movie. It was a noun. <laughs> it was a motion picture about a man wanking so man. Uh, Manically,
0: his Did apartment,
1: I? whatever, his <laughs> his apartment block collapses, killing thousands. <laughs> and that actually, honestly, made me laugh out loud so loudly that I had to favour him. Um, but Charlie Brook is a, a god, he is an absolute god.
0: Anyone who hasn't seen Screen Wipe should, because it doesn't get the attention it nearly deserves, does it?
1: Well, there's no excuse to not miss it now because they've started showing them on BBC Two. It's ended on BBC Two, but oh. um, obviously the next series will be shown on BBC Four and it's... they're repeated on BBC Two. So there's no excuse now.
0: It is just it is a perfect show, you could say. Mm-hmm. It's low budget and some some pe- he's not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, sometimes I wonder if I'd like him as much if he wasn't pre-approved by people around me, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Because there's certain things that he does, for instance, wanking over Dot Cotton, <laughs> which maybe aren't in the strictest sense tasteful. But at the same time, he he just does it so well, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. And he he is he writes so well. He's 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 so smart. He's yeah. so articulate. And um, I hope to be half the journalist. I I, I hope to be half the journalist um, personality. He he is, or
1: Definitely. he never could reach. Um, stay with that as well, I thought uh, uh, his work Dead Set, which was shown over Halloween on E4, mm-hmm. um, that came under a lot of, a bit of criticism that I read, that it was too slow-paced, and there wasn't enough character development and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, I don't think Charlie Brooker is that kind of writer. He is someone who, who makes a comment on today's society and things like that, and at the end of the day, Dead Set was just a uh, basically uh, three hours just saying that Big Brother is always there and it turns everyone into zombies and even though when the world ends everyone will still care more about Big Brother and that was shown at the end of Dead Set when they were yeah. all on the TVs and all that and he's done that in a very very clever way and I think Charlie Brooker um, is, he's my god really Oh, it's, uh, he needs to be
0: Prime Minister really yes, there's well, a are you
1: a this... Capricorn? No. Oh, good, so you won't get punched. <laughs> Hold on a second. There's actually a song on uh, YouTube by a band called The Atheris Squash. I don't I've, know seen if I said... yes. I've seen this. Yes, Charlie Brooker is right about everything, and let's be honest, he is. If you haven't checked it out, I'll put it on the blog. Um, Please do. It's an absolutely amazing song. It's a brilliant song. Someone's written wrote a song about Charlie Brooker, and oh, I will put it on the blog and make sure you... That, that you can buy it as well you can buy it download so make sure you buy it it's a fantastic song charlie Brooker, god bless you right uh, and number, number one, 1 number 1 um go on, Ed, you can go all
0: right um as a change this week and we're going to go we're going to throw you a bit of a curveball and um number 1 this week is ellen page yes
1: yes um what can we say about ellen page
0: i'm not really sure to be honest i'm not that much of a fan
1: no, yeah, I've I've only really sort of got into her recently, um, and yeah. I got I got into her the night before that, and the night before that, and the night before that. So, you know, if she ever listens to this, she's gonna be really creeped out. I love you, Ellen. Stop it. I love you.
0: Stop it. Shut not up. As
1: much, not as much as other people, maybe, but I still love you. You're not, well, you're not number one in my girls list, but you're top three. <laughs> if I ever have a if I ever have a foursome, you can come in. Uh, you've no. just
0: you've ruined all credibility for this show. All um, credibility, James. It's just gone out the window with your desperate murmurings to a Hollywood actress.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. I've turned it to haven't I? He's <laughs> just done... <laughs> like
0: a wonderful person. <laughs> you're really you're kind of creeping me out now. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> I will stop. It's, it's all right, but um well, she she is an absolutely terrific actress, isn't she? Yes. And even even in some of her worst films, um, I don't, well, like people have said, it's not that she does bad films, it's that she does films where the roles maybe require that extra bit of work mm-hmm. or where she's actually really interested in the characters and maybe if the overall film isn't too good, so be it. Mm-hmm. But she she is always praised for her roles and no matter what she's in, she's never acted badly mm-hmm. and that's a really good thing. And
1: uh, plus uh, like, she's gorgeous as well. Oh, she is. Um, she is. She's got that natural beauty. that? Actually, I'd say she's got that innocent look about her, and I find the innocent look quite nice.
0: Oh, no, defi- definitely. I mean, she 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 does look very
1: young for a 21-year-old. Yes, she's 21. 22. Soon. Yep. Well, I'm 22 before she is, but you know, if she wants to come to my birthday party, she can.
0: Would you stop it?
1: Sorry. I'm trying to pick her up over this podcast. <laughs> hey, Alan, how are you doing? <laughs> Come back to my place. I've got cake. Okay. But, um, um, yes, I think we should end that bit there. So, Ellen Page, nice. number one. So, number three, uh, Chris Vine of Coldplay. Number two, Charlie Brooker. And number one, Ellen Page. Just to be different. Um, something I want to quickly bring up. Okay. Just quickly. Uh, scrubs. Scrubs. We, uh, we we talked about this in depth last time, but I just want to quickly brief, um, briefly mention this. We've had a couple of episodes since then. Um, the JD and Elliot train is moving along quite nicely. Yes. Um, but uh, I want to make a comment about um, where are all the characters going? What do you mean, where are all the characters going? Well, we didn't see Turk for two episodes. I know. I. Uh, what is going on? I, I presume it is a cost cutting measure. But why Turk? And why two episodes? I know, but, um,
0: it's a shame, really. Um, Although I did, they did do it quite well with, um, using Katie as a messenger between her and, um, between JD and Turk.
1: Mm hmm. Um, I thought, uh, I thought that was quite nice. And Ed has been fired as well. You're very happy about that, aren't you? I was very happy about that. I <laughs> had a very, very horrible dislike for, him. um, and I'm glad he's gone.
0: The one thing that I really, really liked was just at the beginning of that episode um, when she um, goes up to JD and he goes, "What do we? What have I told you? Never interrupt an attending while he's hitting that."
1: It's <laughs> fantastic. And also, just,
0: just just when she just says in that really serious voice, "Doctor Turk, liked the picture you drew of him, he never saw himself as a deep
1: sea diver before." The <laughs> uh, one thing that was missing though was. Um, uh, Denise. Yeah. She's oh yeah, bit... she's She's
0: she's been gone for a while too, hasn't she? yes yeah, so I was I was quite disappointed.
1: Really. She, you she... like her, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. She's got that sort of feisty
0: charm about her. And she it's... had a terrific line actually in one of the episodes I saw where she just she says, "I don't like you calling me Joe," and he goes, "What? Too butch?" and she goes, "Oh no." He goes, "What?" And she goes, "Oh, it's too butch." You know, I like banging dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> JD just goes, "I hear that's nice." <laughs>
1: fantastic um, so yeah uh, Scrubs is moving along quite nicely um, it'll be ending soon sadly we've got um, halfway there are we? Oh, yeah. we've it's into the second third now okay um, and one thing I do want to mention I wrote it down I've just looked at it because uh, I meant to mention it when we were talking about Lost Kate off island in the present day is a lot more hotter than she was I I I'm disagreeing with you. I I think On Island caters is
0: much nicer. Incorrect. No. I well, don't think no, 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 you like Claire on Island, don't you?
1: Oh yes. <laughs> ah, Claire. Right. But uh, uh but um, okay. you know, it's just her accent's quite annoying sometimes. Get away right. from my baby. <laughs> you made her sound like a character from EastEnders. She probably was. <laughs> Probably where she is, in the East End. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I right. just ruined Lost for a moment. She's in the East End, anyway.
0: Yeah, she is in the East End. Um, I think that's it.
1: I think, to be right. honest.
0: Oh, for now. I'd just like to say something before we sign out. Okay. And that's, um, if you're listening to this at home, and, well, you know, wherever you're listening to this, and maybe you haven't enjoyed this episode, maybe you have, but you should always remember that James confused Ron Howard with a porn star. You can live in, with that memory for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah. F- for fun. My dignity went out the window when I said that. I can't believe I said that. I really can't. <laughs> when you compared a Hollywood treasure to a seedy, horrible porn star. In, in, his, in my defense as well, he's like the biggest porn star going. <laughs> I guess that's no excuse to be honest. That's absolutely and, no excuse and, that that... Not, and that's not a statement about me either. I don't spend all my time at home Looking at <sighs> Pornography
0: And that's all we have time for
1: Yes, yes <laughs> um, I think that'll be it Next time um, We don't know what we're going to be discussing But we will be running down more Simpsons um, Tom will have a couple more uh, Movies to review I expect we should be talking about something that happens, like the world ending.
0: Maybe. Actually, I want we should do some um, Frost Pegs
1: right um, film soon. Yes, yes, because well, I'm a massive fan of them. Um Shaun of the Dead oh, so uh, am I. is my favourite film. Really? Either that or 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't toss up to it. Then again, I do like Back to the Future. I was watching that the other day on TV. I was like, oh my god, I forget how good this movie is. One point twenty-one gigawatts. Oh, that is that
0: is my gripe, James. I'm sorry, English people who use the word movie. You're ruining our language.
1: Yeah, I have a problem. You see, I have a, a tendency to Americanize my words. I mean, I've been told off on of several times because I say I'm going to the store when I said I'm going to the shop. I said I'm going down to the store. Mm-hmm. Um, I spell a lot of my uh, words with a Z, unless.
0: Yeah, that oh the, the spell checker on Firefox is constantly berating me for trying to spell words correctly. Oh, uh, you have got the Great Britain version, haven't you? I guess so. I don't I don't know what I'm doing to be honest. The worst one, I remember I'm sorry, I'm going off topic here, but I'm sure people will appreciate this. In um in my second year of school ever, just in primary school, I remember reading um the word colour in a book without it, the U in there. Mm-hmm. And I just I just wondered at that point, has there been a typo? What's going on? <laughs> have I been spelling it wrong? It honestly it fucked me up.
1: <laughs> oh, God bless you. Yeah. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, um, because apparently according to our stats we have 11 subscribers after 11. the last podcast, which I think is pretty good. No, I think what?
0: so too. Especially I, I, I actually
1: haven't given the link to anyone. Um, I've sort of fluttered it around on Twitter. Um, oh, okay. You can get you can get contact with us super fun happy hour at Ymail.com We're also on iTunes as well so if you uh, could drop us a review on there, that'd be fantastic Um,
0: You don't want to start putting phony reviews up because I I
1: swear to god I will (laughs) You don't want to do that please. Um, If you want to catch me on Twitter, because that's the cool thing to do nowadays uh, my Twitter username is James underscore Lewis
0: and mine is um, Tom with two Ms Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P you'd be surprised how many people misspell that actually
1: mm. well we'll put them on the blog anyway Yeah, and also a quick hello to everyone on uh, Muse Live because we've advertised the podcast on there a bit um, yes. so if you we listen to you th- very much yeah if you're listening to this on you uh, and after getting this from Muse Live when you're writing on there say oh I heard them say hello hmm. <laughs> yeah. oh just quickly before we go Jeremy Clarkson is he a racist or not
0: of course he's not we love him <laughs>
1: I just like the fact that Scottish um, the Scottish ministers have said that said that, oh Jeremy Clarkson was racist for calling Gordon Brown a one-eyed Scottish idiot. <laughs> racist? How? I suppose calling Scottish people is quickly. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm Scottish, James. We love you, Tom. Thank you,
1: Tom. I share half my heritage with Wales, and we all know what they're famous for. Yes, yes, we do. Um, leaks. No shagging sheep. No,
0: I know. I, I know. I was trying to be. I was trying to be adorably naive, but you've ruined it now.
1: Uh, see, Ellen doesn't go for that kind of thing. But you? Just... <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll end it there. Thank you no, very thank much you. Uh, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next much. time. The gap will be slightly less between the next episode. We'll make sure of it. Thank you very much, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Yes. Good night. Or good goodbye. night.